SeatGeek is the easiest way to find the best deals on tickets to pretty much any live event. Concerts, sports, theater, comedy, whatever you want. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SEATS to save $20 on your first purchase. Welcome back to the Sports Beat KC podcast. This is Jesse Newell, KU Beat reporter for the Kansas City Star. I'm joined once again this week by CJ Moore. CJ, uh, how you doing this week? Jesse, doing well, man. Excited actually to be able to talk about uh, some actual basketball on the court. So yeah, let, let's go. Yeah, Border I just, war. and I didn't let's even do it. I didn't even say it. I should say CJ Moore of the Athletic now contributing there. I've seen a couple articles from you lately, so people can check out your work there. And I'm sure that's kind of an exciting, uh, exciting thing for you to, to be able to help out and contribute there. Yeah, it's it's good to be riding again and and have a place to uh, to put my words. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you'll see a lot more of me uh, there this year. We'll see. Yeah, the uh, people that know you and have listened to this podcast know you have plenty of words. You uh, you are never shy <laughs> with words or cockiness or being arrogant or anything like that. So yeah, it's great. It's great that somebody's thanks like, for that that great endorsement. Yeah, Jesse. no problem. Yeah, <laughs> well, listen, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You know, I'm just being honest here. We're we're being real. We're keeping it real. So uh, no, it's it's great. And uh, for those who haven't checked it out yet, CJ has talked. Uh, on this game, the 93-87 victory for KU basketball versus Missouri. He has an article up about why this game should continue. But let's talk about the actual game before we get to that. And kind of, I figured this would be a nice recap uh, about this this game that normally doesn't happen. You know, you don't normally have these exhibition games where you learn a lot about the teams and see two teams mm-hmm. competing very hard and um, going after each other. And that's kind of what this turned into. And I think, I think for those people there, it was not a letdown. I think it kind of lived up to what it was being billed as. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, it's brilliant because you get to have a, a lot of programs do these secret scrimmages this time of year instead of doing an exhibition game like against D2 teams like KU does because playing another D1 team, quality D1 team can like tell you a lot more about your team than going up against a D2 can. So KU got to do this without sacrificing one of their exhibition games and you know through uh basically a loophole and getting this waiver through the NCAA so you know I'm of a belief you should try to do it every year come up with some kind of charity that you can donate to every season and go play Missouri or whoever else and and do this every season if I'm Bill Self I'm trying to do this every year because he learned a lot more about his team and Missouri learned a lot more about its team than they could have done doing could have learned doing anything else on a Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And who knows? Maybe they'll change the rules. Maybe this can be just one of your two exhibitions. I don't know. I mean, looking forward. But uh, the the only downside of this possibly could have been injury or guys really trying hard. And and you know, if you'd had one season-ending injury because a guy dove into the stands for a ball in a game that doesn't mean anything in October, then 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 that, that would be a bad thing. And if something like that comes out, then maybe you'd have a different conversation. But this is not – that's not what happened with this game. Nobody got hurt, at least that we know of. And, and everybody was out there competing and playing hard, and the fans were into it. So uh, I guess let's just start with that, CJ. What were your main takeaways just basketball-wise? Let's just talk basketball, uh, mostly for Kansas. Obviously, this is a KU podcast. But maybe at the end, just tack on one about Missouri, too, kind of what you saw from both teams. Yeah, we'll, we'll just kind of start with the, with the first half, if, that, if that's all right. I thought – Early on, you know, obviously Devontae Graham was really impressive. His shot making was was awesome, and he kept Kansas in the game. I thought Udoka Azubuke had a really rough first half, and one thing that Missouri did well early on was they forced him, when he did catch it, 
to catch it a little farther from the bucket and make sure somebody's in between him when he caught it. And I thought he struggled like doing actual post moves and like having to score over somebody. And then there were a few times where he just had bodies all around him and he, and he kind of struggled scoring at the rim in that first half. And it was really a, a, a bad half for him. And part of the reason I think KU struggled a little bit be, because of that. So I thought the second half, they did a much better job of getting him touches where he had angles. He, he did a better job of creating angles and they did a better job of getting him the ball where he could just basically turn and score. And that's kind of what he needs to do. Now, he, he did have a really, really nice sweeping hook in the lane. But but for Yudoka, I thought first half, not great. You were kind of worried about how he was, how he looked. But second half, turn it around. That's how he has to play. Um, and then, you know, some, some other guys, I thought Malik Newman, you know, obviously wasn't much of a factor in the first half turn it on in the second half his jump shot off the bounce that release is about as you know Devontae grams is really good as well but his jump shot off the bounce the release is so quick they have two guys that can do that and then again yeah. you usually don't have one i mean it's crazy and even you know we've talked about Svee before Svee's pretty good shooting off the dribble as he well the yeah. ku has that weird skill set that not many yeah. teams have i'm sure we'll be writing about it this year yeah, so so that that helped for him, and that's you know that's why he's going to be able to score, score the ball. He did kind of you know I thought he struggles a little bit, and I think he struggled in the past getting to the rim, and that's something I wrote about last week. I I worry about this team getting easy buckets without having a Josh Jackson and a Frank Mason who could just go and beat their man off the dribble and get to the bucket. The you know even Devonte while he showed a little bit more of that yesterday and, and can do that, I thought late in the game. One reason why they struggled late in clock is because they would just go spread the floor for him, and he was settling for jumpers. He wasn't getting to the rim where Frank Mason always got paint touches then, right? So I think that's one area where he just has to continue to work on trying to get to the paint, not necessarily, you know, while he's he's pretty awesome at settling for those jumpers, like he, he makes a decent amount of them. Like I, I think he needs to figure out a way to to kind of get to the rim. And, and Newman, too, I, I think that's probably the biggest efficiency in his game right now is being able to have the explosion to get by guys and finish at the basket. But I would say the total opposite of Malik Newman is LeGerald Vick. And I thought he looked really explosive and looked really good at getting the rim. I think his jump shot and his release on his jumper is a little slow. And what, what did he shoot from three last year, Jesse? Like 37, 38%? I can look it up real quick, but it's, yeah, somewhere around 38, I think. Yeah, if I mean, you should take that in a second again if he can repeat that. I, I think I think that number might go down for him a little bit. I just I, I didn't think his jumper looked great yesterday, and I've never really been sold on it. So, you know, th- that's that's maybe one concern that, that maybe his, his three-point shot kind of regresses towards the mean a little bit this season but but he's that one guy that can go off the bounce and they even had him bring the ball up a little bit a few times so that was encouraging to see him be able to handle it and uh and and get to the rim because he is that one quick twitch guy that they have that that, that can get to the uh the basket you want me to just keep going down the line here on on players any any thoughts from you uh no keep keep going actually it was 37 percent for Logero last year yeah, so it, you know if, if he can shoot that again, you you, t- you take that in a heartbeat. But um, you know the 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 other guy that I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot this season, Billy Preston. I came away from the game thinking he had a few nice moments. There's still some some concerns there with 
you know, just Bill Self trying to kind of convince him to play the the way he wants him. I kind of watched early on. I think he took, you know, first possession he takes a a pick and pop jumper. Um, second possession he shoots a jump hook where you kind of want to see him go. He got fouled, but you kind of want to see him be a little more more aggressive, getting to the you know getting his shoulders to the the basket more he kind of settled for for a jump hook out there i thought kind of got fell out a little bit but had some some nice moments you see the ability there um you know it's it's gonna be a big storyline with with how he plays and then you know jumping off that i think my biggest concern for this team is the fact that they just really really struggle to rebound we knew this they, was they, coming cj i mean we, we the, all know yeah, this is coming yeah but i mean they only lose the rebound battle by four which i i don't really think tells the story i mean i thought missouri controlled the glass and i thought that was a, a really a struggle for kansas and you know obviously they're going to play small a lot and legero vick's not josh jackson so so that's a struggle and 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 you know, Missouri is a big, big team, and so you know maybe it was magnified because Missouri's got a lot of size and a lot of really good athletes up front. But I, I think that's going to be a, a, a huge concern. And you know, you can't have Graham as your leading rebounder; like that's ridiculous. And um, I think w- one area where it hurts KU when they go small, like they do, is because. You know, Vic and Svee can't necessarily handle a big guy in the post. You've got to do some things where you double and and you help. And I thought KU was pretty poor in the first half in its rotations and was maybe overhelping in different spots and letting guys get open for three. And that's why Missouri, that's part of the reason Missouri shot so well in the first half is because they were getting clean looks because KU's just rotations and, and getting out to shooters was not very good. Now, the way this team has to play is they have to be really, really scrappy and really active. And it's on the defensive end, and it's difficult to do that when you're only playing like six or seven guys. And, um, you know, so that takes a lot of energy, but I thought the second half they did better at that. Like they were, they were helping over the top. They had active hands. They were a little more scrappy. And I think that's why Missouri, you know, struggled more offensively in the second half. And I also thought KU's just experience in the fact of being able to maintain a high level of intensity for a little bit longer. I thought both teams got tired at times, but I thought KU was able to, to kind of find another wind better than Missouri did in the second half. I think that was a, a big part of, of why Kansas was able to, to you know, pull it out in, in, the, in the second half. So those are, those are kind of my big, big takeaways. Also, Marcus Garrett, um, I sat next to, to our, our friend of the podcast, Eric Bossi, and uh, you know, he's a guy that's seen Marcus Garrett a lot, likes him a lot, and compared him to a, um, a Travis Relliford. He said, like, a Travis Relliford with more, more ball skills. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Like, I think Garrett's going to do a lot of little small things that, like, coaches appreciate. I think he can really defend. He had an offensive rebound where he just kind of snuck in there one time that, that, that stood out to me. He really struggles with – I think – I don't know. It's not fair to say he really struggles with his jumper because I've only watched one game, but I was watching him in a pregame. His, his jump shot has kind of a low release. It doesn't look great yet, but that's something, you know, maybe like Relliford, he'll develop down the line. And he's a better handler than Relliford, but, but kind of like Travis, defends, does little things. And I think he's going to play a lot 
and you know have a have a good role for for this team. So it was encouraging to see they almost need enough they they need like the Marcus Garrett version of a big man to add to this rotation. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> Jack Whitman, someone like that. Uh, yeah, let's get back to the offensive rebounding really quick because I mean if we're going to be the uh, the analytically minded podcast, let's let's talk about the numbers a little bit here. Uh, Missouri had 19 offensive rebounds and uh so 19 out of 46 and so that's 41 percent so that would have been around somewhere around the second to fourth worst mark for KU defensive rebounding wise if it happened this season ago now you mentioned the caveats pretty well like Missouri KU's not going to face many bigger teams in Missouri I mean they've got a front line Porter's gonna be able to play the three which is pretty amazing Mm -hmm. at 610 you know I think a lot of lineups he would kind of be forced into a small ball role they can play big, big next to him because of the size that they brought in this year. And so I thought Tillman looked pretty good in, on the big side or inside and kind of as a true center. Uh, but, yeah, for KU, that's that's a huge concern. And it kind of goes back to, again, when we talked about Bill Self wanting to play big 50% of the time or earlier on wanting to play big 70% of the time. I mean, it just – it just doesn't add up. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. It doesn't add up. KU can't play big that much. It, look, KU had no foul troubles yesterday. And I know it's early in the season. I know conditioning is still getting there. But even then, KU didn't play half the time big. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's going to be the big concern for this team. But, again, for Bill Self, it might just be a matter of, hey, figure out that KU can be really, really, really good offensively and present a lot of problems when you have either LeGerald Vick or Sue McKayla driving against a true four on the other end. And that, on the defensive end, you're just going to have to grin and bear it a little bit more because it's going to be a little bit of a struggle to get rebounds, especially when you don't Kazubuki's out of the game. Yeah, and, and Svi is one guy I didn't hit on. Probably, you know, that was uh, maybe on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> he, it, it was a rough day for him. I thought he looked a little slow, and, and that was kind of discouraging because you heard – you know that he's lost the weight and everybody at KU says he looks a little quicker you know maybe it was just a bad day for him but you know in Missouri they've got some athletes so I I thought I thought he looked a little slow and it was just a kind of a bad all-around you know he he didn't have a great day um only one turnover so that's good but uh you know that's and two steals So, so so you know hey two two good marks on his uh on his stat line, but I, I just didn't think he was much of a factor. He's got to be a guy that, that hits shots for them, and he's 0 of 2 from 3. So r- rough day for him, but again, it's it's a, a you know a practice game it's in, a fake in October. Exhibition game, yeah. <laughs> it's a fake exhibition game, so you don't you know you you don't want to go too hard on on, on guys. But f- there were there were definitely some encouraging things, but there's definitely some like deficiencies that. And it's nice because Bill Self can be like, "See, I told you guys that we struggle rebound, and you guys have to gang rebound. You guys have to be really um, active on the defensive end." Or look, we were losing Missouri when we weren't. So, you know, it's it's great for him because he, he, now he can focus on those things in practice and they can't be like, oh, why have we spent the last hour working on rebounding? Like, well, there's a reason. Look at you guys got your butts whipped on the glass. So, um, you know, th- those are those are two things that hopefully, you know, they they can improve on. But, yeah, it's 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 something that I'm, I'm sure he's he's going to be hitting home this week. Yeah, I, I kind of wrote about this before it happened when they're facing Michael Porter Jr. And it's just, again, if nobody gets hurt, it's all positives for Bill Self to play this game. And again, I know they're raising money for charity, and that's the most important part of all those things. But basketball-wise, this is perfect. I mean, now Bill Self has a whole week before a new exhibition game, and he can harp on exactly those things you talked about. And listen, he's Bill Self is super smart when it comes to motivating his guys, and he knows these things he's going to harp on 
those are things that are vital to him as a basketball coach too. Like you talked about defensive rebounding, you know, or like you said, rotations and help defense. And I mean, you can go down the list. I mean, this is going to be great tape for him for the next week. And again, then you can fine tune things against uh, whoever they're playing this year. Is it Pitt State and Fort Hay State? I, I can't remember the two uh, D2 opponents, but again, you're not going to learn as much from those games as KU learned in this game against Missouri. So now he's got another couple weeks to kind of, to get after them. And again, a master motivator that he is, he can pick out those certain things and push guys on those certain things and make them better in those certain things. And again, do all that before the season starts, and especially before that early game of the Champions Classic where KU is tested every single year. Yeah, I would have loved to have sat in on the halftime talk last night. That was, it was funny. Afternoon. Bill Self gave a little glimpse of it because he was saying, Udoka, did you have fun in the first half? And it's yeah, like, at that yeah. moment, you knew Udoka got his butt chewed at halftime <laughs> uh, because he wasn't rebounding and wasn't playing like a big man. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I'm, I'm, I went on a limb and did this exhibition thing, and you guys are gonna come out here and embarrass. I'm guessing there was something like that, talking in the, in the halftime, uh, you know, locker room. So it, it, man, it was fun. It was fun to see those teams get after it, and you know, that I, I thought both teams played at a pretty high level, considering, you know, they don't have a ton in yet. You know, like Self said, they weren't gonna make super big adjustments like they weren't going to go to a zone or something like that neither team was i thought both teams played at a pretty high level for you know considering that it's in that we're in you know mid october mid to late october so um you know kudos to to, to both programs for for being where they are right now because every, everybody in america you know has some kind of def- deficiency at, at some point now um you know it, it's going to be a big storyline all year whether they can get those kinds of things corrected but you know, self has a pretty good track record for for figuring these things out. Let's be honest too. I mean, KU has a bit of an advantage in this regard. I mean, KU got to play in Italy. It got the ten extra practices mm-hmm. with that. Um, and you know, I mean, if we're being honest, early in the second half when KU needed a bucket, they called some set plays. You know what I mean? Like yeah, K- K- yeah. KU was not completely playing playground ball here. Like no, some of no, those, no, some no, of those no. open baskets for Yudoka Azubuki. Uh, I mean, again, they drill that in practice. They drill to get angles and, you know, get the guy up the lane and throw the ball to the corner of the backboard, all those sorts of things. But, like, some of those were set plays. Like, those were things that you'll see from Kansas in a month, yeah. two months. Uh, most of the first half was just the four game, you know, like the, the basic set where they run the the weave, dribble, handoff, that sort of thing. But, you know, there were times KU was going to things that it had implemented. So, again, impressive to me for Missouri. I know that they kind of lost contact there you know, midway through the second half, able to kind of get a little bit closer late. But the first half was a, a really good half for Missouri. And, uh, again, I'm impressed by a lot of their players. And I, I, I will only stay on this point very briefly, CJ, because I, I can just – it has to be a little bit painful in the back of, of KU fans' minds that just to think about where Missouri and where it was a year ago and to think, okay, you hire a new coach, you get three or four really top-level recruits, and all of a sudden you're basically – playing toe-to-toe with Kansas at Sprint Center. I mean, the, the turnaround took six months. You know what I'm saying? Or took yeah. eight months. No, or it's, whatever. In, it's incredible. And, 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 it's and, incredible. And in college football, it is just oh, – yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it could not be more different. Like, KU – The numbers just are different. I, I, that's exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. you get a stud yeah. coach or even a stud recruit or two, and it doesn't matter that much. Like, you've got to put – 22 stud guys in there and then you have injuries yeah. so you need another 11 and so it but, just it shows but, but 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 look at what Iowa State's doing so you know you can do it a little quicker than it's happening uh, yeah and again, again I'm, I'm keeping the comments brief here I'm not this is not yeah. a defense <laughs> of what I've seen from KU football or what KU football yeah. has put out on the field so far this year all I'm saying is that it's amazing in college basketball when you put five guys on the court 
how much difference a Michael Porter Jr. makes, how much different you know difference a Tillman can make inside, and like that's forty percent of the guys you got to play for most of the game. You know what I mean? So um, yeah. again, kudos to Missouri. They pulled the plug on Kim Anderson. They got a new coach in. They got these recruits. It's going to be turned around in a hurry. There, it just has to be tough for KU fans to watch that and think, my God, it's been an eight or nine year stretch for for football that you try to do these things, get it turned around. It's just so difficult to turn when in basketball, it's just so much easier. Yeah, no, you're you're right. And they've done a smart job of of not just um, bringing in freshmen, but like the grad transfer kid, he's going to have a big impact on them this year. And that's why it's kind of disappointing. Like Kansas need to go out and find a grad transfer big man. And they went out and they thought got one and that you know then he, he didn't last long so that that that's the one piece that i really think um this seems really really gonna miss is like having that extra big that that is that can that can eat up some minutes i i, I thought lightfoot would played played fine and i thought he did some okay things but he's just not quite big enough to rebound at a high level maybe i don't know you know it's it's it's, it's too early to say but that's what he's got to focus on he's got to focus he you got to go get rebounds i mean he is an active athlete you know maybe maybe he can become a better rebound be kind of you know kevin young usually rebounded pretty well and maybe a similar frame you know he was even thinner than than lightfoot so um he's got to figure out a way to to really really rebound because that's what they need from him and uh, but i i did think he looked he looked fine yesterday i i think he looked a little bit improved so that was that was good definitely better than italy and again this is exactly what you're talking about like He's going to have to play the five for Kansas some this year. I mean, that's just that's a reality. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Maybe a little bit. I don't think they'll go to that a lot. I think Preston will mostly get those backup five minutes. No, no, no. I I agree with you, but like, there's going to be foul trouble. There's going to be a guy yeah. who's tired. I mean, like, like, there's times that's going to that, happen. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's where you see Missouri get 19 offensive rebounds. Is sometimes mm-hmm. in a rotation. Mitch Lightfoot's going to be the five for Kansas, and that's no, there's just yeah. no other options. Um, so that's again, I was talking about this with Blair Kirkhoff, uh, colleague and great all-around guy on the uh, Facebook Live after the game, just basically saying that you know there's been times where KU's third big man on the bench has been an NBA player. Now there's only yeah. three big men. Remember when? On remember the when roster. Jeff Withy couldn't even get on the floor? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like that is so <laughs> crazy. I mean, it's so yeah. nuts that this year for KU it's going to be so different that. No, no. There's not a third big man on the bench that's on the, that's going to be in the NBA. There's three big men on the roster. So uh, we'll see how that turns out for Kansas. I asked her some questions, so let's go quickly through these and uh, and just get some quick responses to these to to talk about what you guys want to talk about in here. From TD Derry on there, he's talking about a, a topic that a couple people asked about, which is Svi struggled yesterday. Every year we have high expectations for him and he falls short. Is it time for the fan base to realize he's just a guy? And and I'm asking this of the guy who who came up with the nickname Sveezus. So go ahead. Yeah, he. I mean, as much as it pains me to say this, I don't. I don't think Sveezus an NBA player. And Oof. but he but he is a nice program player, and and I, I think he's going to have a have a solid year. I don't think yesterday was maybe, you know, a glimpse into what he's going to be this year. I, I think I think he's going to do better, and he but he needs to make shots to to have to have a lot of value and and you know yesterday he didn't have a lot of looks and he and he didn't make the couple looks he got so um it, you know he he's he's not going to be maybe what expectations were when he came in but he he's still you know you have to have those four year three four year program guys that that know how to play know the system um you know don't make mistakes those guys are really really valuable so while he's not you know maybe what you dreamed he could be 
um, he's he's still a, a, a valuable piece, and and so you know can't 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 hate on the guy too much. But it, you know, yesterday was a rough game game for him, and it, you know, for honestly, it was a rough half or rough half a game for Azubuke who who turned around. You know, some other guys had some rough stretches too, but but yeah, def, definitely Svee. There, you, you didn't see a, a lot out of him yesterday. Wow, mark this day down. This is the day where I was higher on Svee than C.J. Moore, who came up with the name <laughs> Sveezus. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I just, I, I have to just say, he's going to be better than this. And again, I saw in Italy oh, yeah, that he was better to... than this, and this was a game two weeks ago that did not exist. So, like, I, I can't, yeah. you mentioned this before, and, and again, with everyone we should do this. Like, this is a great game film for, for Bill Self. It'll great be great for him for a teaching tape. But, like, Let's not go crazy here. I mean, it was one game. Now, what what I think would be most disturbing for this is, and you mentioned this earlier in your comments, Svi looked fast in Italy, and he didn't look fast yesterday. And Svi, obviously, the word we always use with him is aggressiveness and confidence. I mean, we repeat those words over and over, and it's like, okay, he was in Italy playing in front of 400 people and just looked like the most confident player in the world, and then you put him in front of 19,000 people, and he looked like the old Svi where he just kind of wasn't himself. And so, again, am am I making too much of one exhibition game on October 22nd? Yes, but that, to me, is the concern. The concern is... Can he bring the 400 attendance Svi and play like that in front of 19,000? Or is just his personality not allowing him to do that? And so, again, that might be going to Dr. Phil on everyone here. I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but like look at look at Devontae Graham and the, the swag he came out exactly. with. Exactly. And, and fourth-year guy. And yeah. so much of it is optics. Again, so much of it is just yeah. like if Svi just took one to the rim and decided he was going to dunk it and he got fouled and got knocked to the ground but just a look like you know I don't care that you're big I don't care it's Missouri I don't care it's a sprint center but again that's just not his nature it's a little bit more Perry Ellis like you know it's a little bit more mild mannered and again Perry played great so I don't want to hold things things against people but again I saw a different Svi a month ago and I think I can see that Svi again it just did not show up in front of a big crowd, and a lot of times it hasn't shown up in front of a big crowd. So that's the big concern you have, but I think he's better than this. I think he will show better than this, and I think that it will be better. Again, he has lost the weight. He did look better in Italy. I saw it with my own eyes. It's not an illusion, so I think there's better days for him to come. All Let, right. Let's go. CJ Krug, just an observation, saw Garrett guard MPJ and then Purrier pretty well. Self already showing confidence in freshman and challenging him. Uh, I agree with that to an extent. I also think MPJ, Michael Porter Jr., is a tough guy to guard. Like, do you guard him with a big man? Do you guard him with a wing? Yeah. I mean, KU is kind of trying to do both of those, and he'll post you up if you're too small, and he'll and he'll uh, drive by you if you're too big. So Marcus Garrett's actually kind of a nice fit to defend him because he kind of shares some of those qualities that we talked about, how he could be a good a small ball forward defender. But I think this also goes back to what we discussed, CJ, which is, Bill Self has no other options. I mean, it's basically Marcus Garrett or Chris T, and so uh, he's going to put in Marcus Garrett when you have an eight-man rotation. Yeah, I also think he's going to be – I think he'll be end up beating out Sam Cuncliffe too once he's eligible. Um, I, I, you know, I think he's a he's an important piece for the, the this year. And, and everything I've heard from – from you know what their practices have looked like that that he has really 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 been a good defender in practice and and really shown them a lot there too so i i you know i've heard pretty glowing reports uh, about marcus garrett and he's that guy that i i just have had a feeling about that, that you know 
it's that he's in that range where they always end up better than than you think they're going to be. So I think he's going to be a really really nice program player for Kansas for a long time. He's going to be going to be a guy fans like you know Travis Relford type maybe just the the timelines you know he's a ready ready to contribute and well Travis probably would have been ready to contribute too if if the numbers weren't stacked against him back in the day yeah the numbers aren't stacked stacked against Marcus he's he's going to have an opportunity and I I think he's going to be a guy that that really um you know is, is is valuable for them this year different position different type of player but I mean early on it kind of reminds me a little bit of Devontae Graham I mean they were recruited in about in the same range I mean mm-hmm. not too great but I mean kind of slipped in, you know under the radar sort of guy for KU top 50-ish and then if you remember Devontae Graham stepped in played right away and then kind of developed with the program you kind of could maybe see a same sort of path for Marcus Garrett again he'll play a different role for Kansas you'll never see Devontae Graham playing small ball four or doing some of the athletic <laughs> things but I think that Marcus Garrett as you mentioned getting steals being very active with his hands sliding well defensively uh, all those things I think are things that he can bring to the table from Joe Hell M Bleed uh, a little bit of a uh, <laughs> a little bit of an uh, October 31st Halloween reference there uh, I, I think it's actually Kebbo 9 if I'm if I look it up real quick here yeah yeah it's, yeah, Ke- it it's, it's Kebbo 9 uh, Wilf KUC a bunch of Hackadoke and Lightfoot this year since they shot a combined 1349 from free throw last year 13 of 41. I'm says, sorry, 13 yeah. of 41, so 32%. Could, uh, but again, KU with its limited rotation, I don't know that there's many well, options. And late in games, KU's going to have to get defensive rebounds, and you want Udoka in there to do that. But if you notice yesterday, self-pulled Udoka late when that could have been that scenario. Oh, I didn't notice that. Very interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, he pulled him and, and put – and and Put Preston at the at the five. If you need any indication that Bill Self wanted to win the game too, he's pulling his worst free throw yeah. shooters late in the game. Yeah, yeah. no, I I, I think you could see some some hack of dope for sure. I don't know that Lightfoot will ha- will be in in those scenarios, and I I think Lightfoot's probably a better free throw shooter than than he showed last year. Um, you know, he actually can can shoot the ball right. Like he he's got a little bit of a three point shot, so. Um, I think his his free throws percentage, I'm sure, will go up as he gets more confidence and gets more comfortable. But I mean, Doke, there's definitely yeah, there there's some some holes there in that that stroke. So uh, yeah, you you could you could obviously see that maybe for the first time, kind of see some of that since K. You had Sasha Khan, you know, definitely saw some of that when when Sasha Khan was around that Texas A and M loss, if you remember was uh they went to the hack of sasha so yeah i bet i bet you see some some hack of dope but um i'm, I'm sure self will uh, adjust and just put put preston in there at the five that does make it tough though like again defensive rebounding late in games is pretty important and so well you uh, can with timeouts you can kind of go back and forth with the with them but yeah it's 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 not easy you're right you're right um okay uh <laughs> let's see let's go to let's Malt be ball, man. They're making it <laughs> well, tough on me names, today. Man. I'm, glad you, I'm today. glad you have this role where you gotta. I'm just gonna say yeah. the you know, Lala or something next time. Uh, yeah. He says uh, Billy Preston and what he showed in that exhibition with aggressiveness and confidence. Is he going under the radar for the rest of the country? Thoughts, CJ? Uh, I mean, I, I, I kind of hit on on how I feel feel about him. I don't know about un, under the radar. I mean, obviously, I don't think he's a guy that's being talked about a lot, but. I think he is, I don't see him as like a one and done type, although, you know, the talent's there, definitely, definitely there. And he's, he's got ability that's, it's going to be a, like we've talked about, it's going to be a give and take between him and Bill Self. And, and, you know, I, I wrote about this some last week, like Self's told him, 
Um, I can't, I forget what the exact percentage was, but like you can play outside like 60% of the time if you play it inside 40% of the time or something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So he's a guy who definitely is more comfortable facing up, but he, he went to the rim a couple times strong and that was encouraging. And he shoots four or five from the field. I mean, if you can get 12 points, four rebounds out of him every night and 15 minutes like I'm, i i think he'll end up playing more than 15 minutes most games but um yeah he, you know he, it, w- it was a solid showing for him there there were some some things you want to see better but you're, you're going to want to see some better things out of a fre- but just about any freshman i mean there's there's some things michael porter i'm sure today is saying you know yesterday he was saying too that he that he could have done better too so you know it, the, he, he is he is still a freshman but flying under the radar i, I don't know about that yeah, it's it's also difficult for KU. I, I wrote about this a week ago. Just freshman big men that are that highly ranked under Bill Self. It's just you know it's tough to bank on. He doesn't normally pencil guys in like that for 32 minutes a game. I mean that's all I'm gonna say. You know, like you've seen the Sheck Diallo, the Cliff Alexander. Um, you know, you those know, were those were uh, kind of awkward situations though because of the NCA stuff. I guess I guess Alexander didn't have that early on. No, but but what I'm saying is. I, the number one guy that has gotten minutes, I think it was since 2009 for Bill Self as a big man, was Joel Embiid. He averaged like 24 minutes a game or 23 minutes a game, and that guy might be one of the top five players on the planet now. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And, and and Marcus, so, Marcus played quite a bit his freshman year. Okay. Yeah, well, and then that team desperately needed him. So maybe yeah, that, they, maybe, they needed, I maybe, mean, that's kind of a similar Maybe that's a better comp. Though. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, again, just recent, I guess, recency bias with this. It makes you wonder how many minutes he's going to play. But I think he'll have a big role, and I think everybody – around here knows he's going to have a big role It's just kind of be adjusting to how Bill Self wants him to play and again like you said making aggressive plays inside not settling for jump shots going to the rim getting fouled getting rebounds with two hands uh, you know all those sorts of things getting defensive rebounds he got beat by I think it was Michael Porter Jr. on one offensive rebound and then immediately sat those sorts of things so all that getting through to him will be a very important factor for this year well, let's wrap it up with Ryan Schneider and he kind of hinted at this what we're talking about with Billy Preston but given it's essentially a new front court what's reasonable and realistic realistic expectations for that group so you just want to go I mean it's not going to take us very long CJ we just talked about one of them there's two left so you want to go over reasonable expectations for Udoka and Mitch Lightfoot yeah, you know, I think Yudoka averages around like 12, 13 points a game and, um, you know, obviously needs to rebound better than than four boards. But um, I think he's going to have a, a, a good, solid season. And, um, you know, I think what the way he played in the second half is what they want to show him and be like, this is how we need you and, and show it to the guards, too. This is how this is the spots where we get him the ball. Um, you know, he's not going to be a guy you want to throw it to from about 12 feet away and make him go make a, a post move. I think he needs to be smart and when he passes it out and smart and when he's aggressive and goes at guys. So I thought he was he was much better with that in the second half. And the, the four blocks is encouraging, too, because this group obviously needs some some rim protection. And, uh, you know, his block rate last year. Um, I think I had this in my story last week. If if he would have qualified, it would have been like third or fourth nationally. Now that was coming against some some kind of crummy cap- competition because it was a non conference. But, but you could still project um, top thirty or yeah, so with that. Yeah. yeah. If if he's if he's going to be a guy that you know that's that's one thing they kind of lacked last year because as much as I love. Um, Landon Lucas and as, as valuable a, a defender as I think he was, he, he wasn't the great shot blocker. No. And with this group where they are so small, and, you know they're they're going to funnel some guys in there. 
um, you know, you, you want him to, to block some shots and it's encouraging that he got the four blocks and it's encouraging that he only had, had two fouls. So some, some, some good things from him. I think, you know, he's going to be a guy that has to play 25 to 30 minutes a game for sure. And, um, and then Lightfoot, you just want him stealing like 12 minutes out of him. Like that's, that's, you're happy with that about 10 to 12 minutes a game, go out there, get some rebounds, get easy buckets when, you know, when they're there and, uh, just play with energy. I think that's kind of the expectation for him. The funny thing is I felt like Mitch played a lot yesterday in yesterday's game and he played 12, yeah, nah, and he played 12 minutes. minutes. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, I mean, it's like, I, again, I agree with you on the Mitch Lightfoot thing. It's just that he needs different roles but he needs the Landon Lucas mindset just the I will oh, set yeah. I will set screens sure. I will take charges I will stay between my man and the basket I will you know pass the ball when I get in the post immediately and go set a ball I mean I will just be Mr. Role Player Mr. Small Things for Kansas and I will try to get out of my own way basically in every other way to try to just steal minutes for Kansas and again hit like Landon Lucas, I mean, he can develop some things over time, and and this probably isn't the conversation we're having with him by his junior or his senior season. But for right now, I mean, again, I think Bill Self would be happy with what Mitch Lightfoot gave yesterday. Just be solid, just be reliable in there mm-hmm. when you need minutes from him. And again, for the most part, that's what he was able to do against. Just Missouri. rebound better. Just just <laughs> just rebound better. Again, like you said, yeah. maybe maybe a little bit of a uh, combination of Kevin Young and Landon Lucas, just because. Oh, Landon Lucas yeah. is a great rebounder, but Kevin Young was the springy rebounder, and uh, yeah. that's kind of what KU needs Mitch Lightfoot to be. I think we're gonna wrap it up there, CJ. Any final comments before we uh we get out of here and 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 stop discussing the uh the, the game that might not ever happen again? Yeah. Well, hey, man, I I I wrote about it on the Athletic. I I think there's reasons to why Bill Self said afterwards that if it makes sense for Kansas, they would play the game. So I kind of laid out some some reasons why it makes sense for Kansas. Go go give it a look. before I know there's a lot of Kansas fans who are pretty adamant about not playing them. Um, you know, I think if they were honest with themselves that they would they would be okay with it and they, they would actually enjoy it because it's I mean it's it's fun. Look at yesterday how anybody who was there yesterday and said and says they don't want to see that again, I think in a way is lying to themselves because that was fun, right, Jesse? It was absolutely fun. And I, I liked the angle that you took with it. I won't give it away, but um the one the angle you took with it, why KU should play Missouri is something I haven't seen from other places and makes Instead of more the emotional argument, it's more of a logistical argument and, and kind of a little bit behind the scenes of why the schedule for KU would set up better if they were able to play Missouri each year and, and how it could make sense for them, not only from a logistics standpoint, but, for, but just from a common sense standpoint with uh, what they do and, and the games that they are scheduling in the non-conference year. All right. Appreciate it, Jesse. All right. Sounds good. Thanks thanks to CJ and thanks to you guys for checking out the Sports BKC podcast. Be sure to tune in for another episode next week. is the easiest way to find the best deals on tickets to pretty much any live event. Concerts, sports, theater, comedy, whatever you want. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SEATS to save $20 on your first purchase.